Welcome to the New Point Community Church Podcast. This message is part of our series, Life is Complicated, We Can Help. We want to thank you for joining us, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ. Bitterness will not only rob you of the joy of the present, but it will steal from you all of the promise of tomorrow. You see, when we refuse to forgive because we don't want to let go of those things that have hurt us or the people who have hurt us and move on to a fresh new future, we sacrifice our own future in the process. So today, I want to talk to you about forgiveness. And I know just saying that might conjure up a lot of pain and a lot of hurt in your life because maybe you've been avoiding it. But forgiveness is like a breath of fresh air. You see, you must inhale it and receive it. And then you must exhale it as you give it. You see, as you and I grow in gratitude, we find ourselves forgiving more quickly and more freely and more completely. Our readiness to forgive will draw others to us because they will know that you and I are a safe person and that they can be themselves, and that they can grow and develop and even fail around us. You see, grace both receives and gives forgiveness without measure. You see, to forgive someone is to express the grace of God that you've experienced. And to receive the grace of God, you and I are called to treat one another graciously. And so when you and I treat one another ungraciously, It is an act of wickedness. It's evil. You see, no matter how much you and I are required to forgive others, it will always pale in comparison to how much God has forgiven me and will need to forgive me in the future as well as you. And Paul deals with this. Paul was a man who had to express forgiveness. He had to ask for forgiveness. And he writes these words, and they're powerful words. Matter of fact, they're hard to swallow but they're true. He says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, perpetual animosity, resentment, strife, fault finding, and slander be put away from you. He's saying, get rid of it, get rid of it. Along with every kind of malice, all spitefulness, verbal abuse, and malviolence. Paul is saying to you and me, get rid of all of it. Get rid of every part of it. And yet you and I might say, I don't know how I've been hanging on to my anger, my bitterness for such a long time. I'm not for sure how to get rid of it. By the way, you know what? I like telling my story of how my mom and dad hurt me or how my ex betrayed me because it it gives me the opportunity to receive sympathy from other people. And sometimes they get angry right along with me. I can't believe they did this. I couldn't believe that they would treat you that way. Or maybe you would say this, are you telling me to get rid of all of this and you haven't even heard my story? You don't even understand what has happened to me. You don't know what I've gone through. You're just telling me to get rid of it. You don't understand what my parents did. You don't understand how my ex has treated me. You don't realize what my boss did. 
and, and you're telling me to get rid of all bitterness and malice and rage and fault finding? Yeah. You know why? Because bitterness destroys our relationships. It impairs our judgment. It skews our perspective. It distorts our memory. So Paul says, get rid of all anger. You know, someone has told you that you have an anger problem and you refuse it. And the fact of the matter is, it's because you've been unwilling to forgive. Maybe somebody has alluded to the fact that you're still single because you're resentful. Who wants to be around a resentful person? Or maybe you find yourself slandering people. You talk about people. And Paul says, get rid of it, along with every form of malice, which basically means any kind of wrong feeling that I have towards others or you have towards others. I need to deal with it. I need to get rid of it. I need to let go of it. Whatever you're holding against others, your parents, your spouse, your kids, your friends, your coworkers, get rid of it. Don't allow it any space in your life. And so it comes back to this question again, how? How? Because you may say, you know, I have a reason for feeling this way. I could give you a list, Dwight. And yet Paul would say, get rid of it. And what he's saying is this, it's possible for you, it's possible for you to be able to get rid of all the bitterness, all the anger, all the malice, the fault finding, all of that, to get rid of it. You see, how good would it be if you could stop those imaginary conversations that you have? By the way, you always win, right? Or if you could face the people who have hurt you and be in their presence without it controlling you. You see, here's the fact of the matter. All of us, myself included, all of us have done things we wish we'd never have done because anger got the best of us or because bitterness lived inside of us. And I wish I wouldn't have said that. I wish I wouldn't have made that decision. Or maybe you needed to say something, but you couldn't because you were so emotional because you were mad and angry. And Paul would say to you and me, as hard and as tough as it is to swallow, get rid of it. Get rid of it. You say, how? Well, he gives us the solution. Here's what he says. Be kind and helpful to one another. Tenderhearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving one another readily and freely just as God in Christ also forgave you. Wow, pretty strong words. You say, easy for you to say, Paul. Well, you have to understand where Paul was writing from. He was writing from prison. You see, sometimes we, we read scripture and, and we, we think it's written by perfect people. No, they had the same issues that you and I have. It was written by people who had real struggles, real pain, real hurt, real issues. And Paul is saying that we are to forgive one another just as in Christ God has forgiven you and me. He's writing from a prison where he was sent there simply because of his beliefs. Imagine if you had to go through the same thing. You know, we just have gone through uh, 
an election year, and during the election years here in America, many, many people have had very, very strong political beliefs. Some believe that Trump should be president. Others believe strongly that Biden should be the president. But no matter what political spectrum you fall into, imagine that you didn't live in a free country and you could actually be in prison for believing something different than someone else. See, that's where Paul's writing from. He's in prison because he simply believed that Jesus Christ was who he said he was. And it brings tremendous clarity to the understanding of his environment when he says, get rid of it. It brings a whole new perspective. You see, Paul understood how much God had forgiven him. And he realized that he should forgive other people the way that God has forgiven him. You see, how could you and I, how could Dwight even consider holding something against another person when Dwight has been forgiven of so much? How could you? You see, we're all worst of sinners. We've all sinned so much and need forgiveness so much. And to withhold forgiveness from another is inconceivable. You see, when you and I receive forgiveness from God, that's not the ultimate end. When we are genuinely grateful for our forgiveness that God has given to us, we will extend it to others. We will forgive other people. We will extend grace. And by the way, guess what? That gives validity that you and I know Jesus and that we have experienced his grace. You see, that's what it means to live in grace, to live in an unending stream. Listen, to live in an unending stream of forgiveness. So Paul would say to you and me, instead of being angry, bitter, full of malice, fault-finding, instead of being all of that, I want you to be kind. I don't like being kind. I'm angry. I'm mad. He would say, get rid of it. I want you to be helpful. I, I don't want to be helpful. What I would say is don't allow what has happened in the past to control you in the present. You see, God is saying to you and me, he says, I want you to be the example to other people that I have been to you. You see, when Jesus had to prove that he was God, he said, look at my hands and look at my feet, look at my scars. Look what people have done to me and I have chosen to forgive them. And so when people look at what has been done to you and you and I freely forgive, and we get rid of the malice and the anger and the bitterness, it gives them reason to believe in God as well. You see, Christianity is not some cosmetic surgery where we hide our hurts and our pain that we've been through. You see, I realize, listen, I realize that you can't live life without being hurt, without being disappointed, without being betrayed whether it's in a marriage, whether it's in a family, whether, listen, whether it's in a church, whether it's at work, it's there for the taking because we live in a fallen world. But here's the good news. We can forgive as Jesus did because he has forgiven us. But we have to understand what forgiveness is. Let me give you three things. First of all, forgiveness is not conditional. It's not conditional. This means that it's not a bargain. It's, it's a decision. That means that it's going to be difficult. It can be painful because it's not based on someone else's response. Forgiveness is a decision. 
And Paul is saying that you and I are to constantly give the gift of forgiveness. When he says forgiving one another, he is saying that you and I are constantly called to have a lifestyle of giving the gift of forgiveness to other people. Oh, that hurt me. I forgive you. I can't believe you said that. I forgive you. That embarrassed me. I forgive you. You took something from, I forgive you. You see, we are called to develop a lifestyle of where you and I are constantly making the decision to give the gift of forgiveness. You see, real forgiveness is unconditional. It's not earned, it's not deserved, it's not bargained for, it's not paid for, it's not based on a promise that somebody says, you know what, if you never do this again, I'll forgive you. No, that's not forgiveness, that's called bargaining. And God would say, no, forgiveness is unconditional. It's a decision. Now, it doesn't take away the pain. So guess what? You'll still have the memory. You'll still have to work out the custody battle over your kids. You'll still have to to be able to work through the pain of being touched in a shameful way. And so now when you're touched in a, a right way, maybe by your spouse. It's hard and it's difficult and it's painful because now you're trying to learn how to love the right way. But when you are learning how to trust and forgive, it doesn't mean that it won't hurt. It doesn't mean that the pain will go away. You see, what happens to many of us is we're waiting for the feeling of forgiveness and forgiveness is not a feeling. It takes faith. And so forgiveness is not conditional. But I want to help you out with something else. Forgiveness is not denial as well. It's not a pass. It's not forgetfulness. It happened. It was horrible. But you can't hold it against them forever. It'll kill you. It doesn't mean that it doesn't matter. It does matter. It ruined a relationship. You were betrayed. You were taken advantage of. You were abused. It doesn't mean that you have to resume the relationship because forgiveness needs to have trust of where you choose to forgive and then it takes time to rebuild that trust. Forgiveness and restoring a relationship are two different things. Forgiveness is instant. Trust is to be built over a period of time. Forgiveness is your part of the reconciliation. But for a relationship to be restored, the offender has to do, I would say, three things that are unrelated to forgiveness. They need to demonstrate a true, genuine repentance that they're sorry. They have to make restitution whenever possible. And then they have to be able to be willing to rebuild the trust that they lost. And that takes time. And so forgiveness is not conditional. It's not denial. Forgiveness is divine. It's truly divine. Webster defines divine as of relating to or proceeding directly from God. And that's exactly what it is. You see, forgiveness is not possible without God. Jesus even prayed it this way. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now, you might be saying, Dwight, that sounds good. I'm sure at some point I need to forgive, but you don't know my story. But Paul would say, get rid of it. I don't need to know your story. Forgiveness is a decision. It's not conditional. And so you need to be able to forgive. See, Jesus would say that to you and me. He said it to Peter. 
Matthew records an encounter because Peter was struggling with forgiveness. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times, Peter thought he was being generous. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And then Jesus begins to give a a parable. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins, chump change. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me, I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and they went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he had owed. Now listen to what Jesus wraps this up with. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart, from your heart. You see, unforgiveness is simply a debt or a bill that you and I feel is owed to us from a person who has done something wrong or offended us. And there is something inside of all of us that feels that it should cost them something, that they need to pay. The problem is there's something bigger going on. There's something bigger happening here. When you hold their debt up against the debt that you and I owe to God, that Christ has already paid for, it pales in comparison. You see, there is nothing that you and I will ever have to forgive for somebody that God hasn't forgiven you and I. You see, Christ has already forgiven you and me. And your heavenly Father knows that for you and I to refuse to forgive is like pushing the self-destructive button in our lives. To hold on to that anger, that bitterness, that hurt is like shifting into self-destruction and it's just a matter of time. Refusing to forgive and releasing and canceling that debt is to tie ourselves to the hurt and to drag it in, listen, to drag it into one relationship after another. Some of you have dragged your anger and bitterness from your mom and dad into your marriage or into your workplace and it's destroying that. You see, as much as it seems unreasonable, and ridiculous. Your heavenly father, our heavenly father knows you enough and loves you enough to confront us and say, you must forgive. You must forgive. 
Otherwise, people get in arm's way of our anger and our bitterness. You see, Jesus was saying this to Peter, knowing that just in a few days, he would go to the cross and he would die for all of us and we would lose our right to forgive, to hold unforgiveness. And there in the light of the cross, we lose all of the, you don't know what they've done to me. We lose all of that because of God's forgiveness. Now, I want you to do something this week. We're coming up on Christmas. I want you to give yourself a gift. And so I want to ask you this question. What offense are you holding on to? What are you struggling to forgive someone of? I, I want to encourage you to get a piece of paper and write it down. Write, write their name down. Write down what you feel they owe you. It may be apology. It may be money. It, it, it may be your innocence. I, I don't know. It may be something that's impossible for them to ever pay back, but write it out. Write it down like a bill. I want you to visualize what forgiveness looks like. And when you do that, I want you to turn and focus to God and let him remind you of how much he has forgiven you. And then I want you to take that paper and I want you to say, God, in light of what you have done for me, I need your grace and strength to forgive the debt and to tear it up and stop letting it hold you. Don't wait. Listen to me. There is more freedom that God has in store for you. And the freest person in the world is the person who can forgive others for what they have done to them. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you today for who you are. We thank you that you're gracious and forgiving not counting our sins, our wrongs against us. But through Jesus Christ, we can have forgiveness. And God, now you've called us to be that and to do that to the people in our life. And no doubt, many times, the people that we need to forgive, God, are the people who are closest to us. It may be our wife, it may be a husband, it may be a mom, it may be a dad, it may be an uncle, it may be an aunt, it may be a brother, it may be a sister, it may be a boss, it may be a friend, it may be a coworker, it may be a boyfriend, a girlfriend. But you have called us to forgive. And forgiveness is unconditional. Forgiveness is a decision. Forgiveness is divine. So God, today, may we take these steps and experience true freedom that we found in Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray and give thanks. Amen. If you want to talk to someone about a decision you've made or let us know how God's moving through this series, visit newpoint.org forward slash contact. Be sure to stay connected with us throughout the week on social media, download our app, subscribe to our weekly podcasts through the App Store or Google Play, or catch us on Roku or Apple TV. Thanks for listening to today's message, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ.